now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is R.J. Spina, metaphysical teacher and guide who overcame chest down paralysis, diabetes, pancreatitis, Hashimoto's disease, and several other serious illnesses, which we talked about in our previous podcast. RJ returns today to inform us what God wants us to know. RJ, thanks for coming back and welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. We had a great conversation last time and I've been looking forward to this. Thank you again. You know, RJ, some people may think that knowing what God wants us to know is a pretty bold statement. So I just want to start there and ask, how do you communicate with God? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's a great question. So uh, we can think of it as channeling. Okay. But I would say that's not really accurate. If If we looked at channeling, okay, it's all one thing. So we're channeling ourselves, okay, in terms of real metaphysics. It's all one. So channeling in and of itself from a certain metaphysical perspective doesn't even exist. So uh, for me, I would just simply call it direct communion in that the oneness is experienced. And so through the oneness, there is no actual channeling because you are one with it and it is one with you. So that is simply how I, how I operate and that I don't channel, there is like a merging, if you will, and it, you become it and it becomes you, if that makes sense. So it may, you can think of it as channeling, maybe that's easier to just think of it as channeling, but it isn't, it isn't channeling, it's more unification or union. All right, so we exist here on this 3D reality, our higher self is, I'm not sure what reality you would say that is in 5D, 6D, 7D. And then beyond that, even our higher self is a piece of God. Is that what you're saying? Whatever you're doing, you are communicating with your higher self and ultimately communicating with God? Yeah, it's all, yes, Jeff. And I'll, I'll explain uh, from my perspective, I'll explain what, how I see that and how I experience that. So what we are, a soul, an aspect is a piece of the higher self. We are a drop. And from my perspective, we are two and a half percent of our higher self. Okay, so we are our higher self. We're just a small drop of it. Now, you could think of that exact same analogy in terms of God, source, creator, in terms of our higher self, the exact same thing. Our higher self, or what I call our totality, because it's everything we've been, are, and will be, is also a drop of source, God, creator. And you can think of yourself as like an atom of God. And you can think of your higher self as like a cell of God. And so as we experience whatever it is that we experience in incarnation, anything, as we experience it, because we are our higher self, just a piece of it, our higher self experiences it concurrently. And because our higher self is also an aspect of God, source, creator, whatever word you want to use, Source God Creator also experiences it. So it's all happening concurrently. Now, if hopefully that makes sense. So now what we can do, and these are some of the things that I instruct on how to do, we can actually travel back up directly to commune with our higher self. Now that is, from my experience, that is what self-realization or enlightenment, which are the same thing, 
self-realization or enlightenment to realize the self is full communion with the higher self. Now, those that are authentically enlightened or self-realized would have access to boundless amounts of information and wisdom and knowledge because the amount of information, wisdom, and knowledge that is contained within the higher self is so far beyond human comprehension. So for me, authentically self-realized beings or enlightened beings is quite rare. And from my perspective, what passes for enlightenment or self-realization in our 20, this version of earth that we're experiencing is not authentic self-realization or enlightenment. Often it's just simply transcending the thinking mind. Now, transcending the thinking mind is a, a massive accomplishment or achievement or how, however you want to say it. It's gigantic. That is not, from my perspective, what uh, authentic enlightenment or self-realization is. That is direct communion with the higher self. You now have access to all that information and you now can traverse and experience where it is that you actually come from because you are your higher self. Uh, so <clears throat> that's the first level of self-realization or enlightenment. And believe it or not, there are, there are many levels. There are many things past authentic enlightenment. And I think what happens with souls is that when you do have authentic communion with your higher self, there's a, a, a feeling of oneness that there's no words that can actually capture you're in a state of uh, euphoria, a state of bliss, your, your vibration, you're almost like your whole body is literally humming and your consciousness is now merged. You are totally one with what you really are. And because of that state of being, what it actually feels like, and, the, and you actually experience tangible oneness, that is absolutely true. I think most souls just stop because they're like, well, this, this is it. I mean, this is, I'm in bliss. I'm connected. We're all one. Uh, you know, I quote unquote, I did it. I am an, I am enlightened. And in that aspect, you are self-realized or enlightened, but that's the first level. And from, and from my understanding, there are four levels to self, to self-realization. And that's simply just the first level of it. And also just to add to that, every, everyone's enlightenment is different because every soul is different and where the higher self resides within the multiverse is based upon its level of sentience, how sentient you could say, how wise and loving. It's another way of how sentient, right? So depending upon where the higher self resides within the multiverse is dependent upon with how sentient it actually is. You think of a high rise, right? So the top floor would be most sentient as possible residing at the top floor of the multiverse would be the 12th full dimension. There's 12 dimensions. So most higher selves uh, that project pieces of itself, a soul and aspect, you or me, right? Uh, about half the population, those higher selves reside, reside within the bottom of the fourth full dimension. We're in the third frequency. So I should probably back up. We're in the third frequency. Once you leave the first full dimension, which has 12 frequencies, once you leave the first 12 frequencies, you're outside of the physical universe. Now there's nothing we can compare it to. There's no solidity. Everything becomes ephemeral. So we're in the third frequency. Energy exists frequentially. Dimensions house frequencies. So we're not in the third dimension. Uh, I understand why people say that. My direct experience is that we're in the third frequency of the first full dimension. And so now when you're talking about your higher self residing within the fourth full dimension, 
it, it, it's it's a level of consciousness that our human our human mind has no frame of reference for. Now, because there are literally millions and millions and millions of higher selves, they reside in all sorts of various places within the multiverse, and they reside based upon how sentient they are. So one person's enlightenment, which is a piece or a projection of that higher self, is not going to be the same as someone else because that higher self won't be residing in the exact same location. So you know, your enlightenment, Jeff, is not going to be the same as your neighbor's. It's going to depend upon how sentient your higher self is, you are a piece of your higher self. So it's not a universal destination from my direct experience. It's not a universal destination. And it, it's, it's, it's not a universal state of consciousness. It is totally dependent upon the level of sentience in which that you are a projection of, which is your higher self. But self-realization and enlightenment is full communion with your higher self. And authentically, self-realized or enlightened beings are wildly different. They would have access to information that you just cannot get. You can't look it up. It's impossible because it's way beyond the five physical senses. So for me, authentic self-realization and enlightenment is extraordinarily rare. And for the most part, what passes for enlightenment here is simply transcending the thinking mind, which is fantastic and a, and a wonderful and beautiful achievement. That is not self-realization or enlightenment from my perspective. So you're saying that like when someone becomes enlightened, like I think Buddha became enlightened, what that basically means is, is that you become in full communion with your higher self. You got a hundred percent. And I'm glad you brought up the being known as Buddha. So uh, I want to sort of expound on that, if you will. Uh, and this is something I'm going to be teaching in a, in a live course that starts at the, the end of July. Okay. I call this course self-mastery. What exists beyond enlightenment? Okay. Um, from my understanding, my direct experience is that Buddha has attained all four levels of self-realization and I'll, I'll explain them briefly. Okay. The first level, Jeff, is just what we said, full communion with the higher self, that's self-realization or enlightenment, which is the same thing. Okay, that's the first level, and that's where almost all souls stop because of the bliss and the oneness, which makes sense to me. Okay, past that, or the second level, from my understanding, is full communion with God, source, creator, whatever word you want to use. Okay, so, and again, we're not talking about channeling. We're becoming one because we are a fractal of God. We are a atom of God, a quark of God, however you want to say it, right? So, once you move past communion with your higher self, and you can, and then you move to what created the higher self, that would be God, source, creator. So now you have communion with God. So that's called, from my perspective, that's called God consciousness. So now you actually are able to work directly, and you're in communion with source, God, creator. Now, Buddha is one of those specific uh, souls that had achieved that, and I'll I'll take it further. Uh because Buddha actually also took it further. So now we're going to get into territory that is very not understood and rarely experienced, but there is, um, there is evidence of this. The Hindu masters experienced this. This started to happen for me, uh, my mid to late twenties. And I'm going to get into what started to happen. But when it started to happen, I was like, Oh, wow. I'm just, you know, I've, I've really lost my mind because I was starting to experience things that go past God. 
Okay. And so that's what I'm going to explain right now. So full communion with your higher self is enlightenment. Full communion with God's source creator is what I call God consciousness. Okay. Yes, there is something that exists outside of God or beyond God, believe it or not. And I know this is wild to hear, but it's something that is directly experienced. I'm one of the weirdos that does experience it, but I'm not the only one. And like I said, the Hindu masters talked about this and we're able to experience these things. So what lies beyond God? Well, other gods. It's the exact same thing. It is a, a an unfathomable type of intelligence. When you directly commune with God, you can feel it reducing itself to communicate with you, which is kind of amusing, by the way. Um, I, you know, I may be an advanced being, but it was kind of funny for what God would have to do for me to communicate directly and commune for me to even understand it because it's so far beyond me. Uh, and also that the fact that it had the playfulness of a child and the wisdom that is beyond comprehension. So once you leave the multiverse, you then start to commune directly with God. You can actually leave the embrace, believe it or not, of God. You'll start to go into this void-like space, literally void-like space, and your consciousness just keeps moving, and it moves almost, uh, it doesn't flow. So it's like you're here, then you're here, then you're here. So this started to happen. And as I was leaving, literally leaving God, it was almost like a void, a vastness of things. And then all of a sudden, it was another unfathomable type of intelligence, same quote unquote size as God, similar but different. And now all of a sudden, it was another consciousness that is beyond real comprehension that just had a different quality to it, a different vibration to it. And these other gods also have created environments, just like our God has created what we call the multiverse, which is 12 full dimensions, 12 frequencies within the first full dimension, and then 36 frequencies, which in the second to 12. These other gods have also created environments that are almost unfathomable, but there are literally other gods similar to our God. Now, Buddha, as well as some other beings, which I'm going to name in the course, by the way, I'll give human examples of these beings that have been able to attain these things or achieve or experience these things. Um, you can then actually have direct intelligent communication with these other gods. Now, this is what the Elohim is. The Elohim are in Judeo-Christian text. Uh, they're in there in the very beginning. Now, Elohim means God's plural. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. They exist. Now, it's not taught anywhere because very few beings actually experience this state of consciousness, but they do. They absolutely do, and there's a history of it. I'm one of them, So, um, and I made sure to look this up because I was like, what in the world is happening to me? So I wanted to look up, is there any frame of reference for this? So you start to be able to communicate. One can communicate with these other gods directly, the Elohim. Now, I call that Elohim consciousness, gods, plural. That is the third level from my direct experience, that is the third level of con- or self-realization. We have enlightenment, communing with your higher self. Then we have God consciousness. Then we have Elohim consciousness. And the fourth level, again, from my direct experience, is what I would call absolute consciousness or the all there is consciousness. This too was also discussed and written about by the Hindu masters. And there is a being, if you will, that actually is everything. At one moment, if you will, it became aware of itself, almost like waking up. 
and this being that actually is everything, that it, it is all there is, it became conscious of itself and realized it didn't understand itself. It didn't know itself. It's almost like it just woke up. Kind of like when we first get here, who am I? What am I doing here? I don't know what the point is. What am I supposed to do? So this ultimate being that actually is everything in every direction, frequentially, dimensionally, in every single way that you could possibly imagine, it wanted to know about itself. So what it did was it made 12 creations. You could think of them as almost drones, but those 12 creations are the Elohim. They are the gods. And it created those gods and because it didn't know anything about itself over there or over there or up there or down there. It literally, the only instruction it gave was, I want you to create and learn about yourself. And as you learn about yourself, you're going to learn about me because you are inside me. And there's so much of me that I don't know anything about. So I want you to learn through your creations. And as you create, you're going to learn. And because you are a creation of me and you're inside me, I'm going to learn as you learn. And so now we have the, the totality of what is in terms of my direct experience of it, being able to commune directly, intelligently with the absolute or the all there is, as far as I can experience, that is the fourth level of consciousness or self-realization, which is absolute consciousness. When you are in full communion with the core of existence itself, of what, of what has created everything and everything that is within it. And again, as I said, when this stuff started happening to me, I or not happening to me, I shouldn't really say it that way. But when, when I started experiencing these things, I assumed at first that it was just, this must be my imagination because there's nothing past God. And then I realized as I communed with these other gods, there's plenty. And then when I realized there's even something past these other gods, the Hindu masters talk about this. They talk about the absolute or the all there is. And so maybe some of my work in this incarnation as RJ is going to make it more uh, accessible, understandable, and there'll be formalized teachings, which I actually do teach. It's going to be part of the course on how to actually experience these things, because it is a repeatable process that anyone can do. It's the same as self-healing. It's a repeatable process. Once you understand metaphysics and how to project your consciousness or move your consciousness, you can then avail yourself of everything. So enlightenment, self-realization, God consciousness, Elohim consciousness, and then absolute consciousness. And from my direct experience, and Buddha is one of those beings that experienced that. There's other beings as well. I actually named them in the course. But those are the four levels of self-realization. Uh, and from my perspective, it's extraordinarily rare, but it, it absolutely does occur. And it absolutely can be taught for those who are ready to experience those things. All right, you said a lot there that I want to take apart. <laughs> I still want to get into, what, you know, I'm a long ways to, to knowing about what God wants us to know, but there's some things that I just don't want to let slip by. Yeah. For example, some of my near-death experiencers, when they're out of their body, will experience God. And I'm wondering, are local God among the many gods or are they experiencing the God that's everything? Because they will say that they're one with everything, which kind of sounds like the ultimate source. What is your take on that? Yeah. So every, everything here, Jeff, is, is God, source, creator, whatever word you want to use. Okay. I use God because mm. I feel comfortable using that word. So everything here is, is God. Okay. With a few exceptions. And I'll talk 
about that in a second. So, well, let's, let, what, let me stop you there, but let's define two different gods. The fourth thing that you reach, what do we name that? Because we have like, you know, the God before the many gods would, and then we have the ultimate that is everything. So I think it would be best to, that we wouldn't get confused between the two if we give them different yeah. names. Yeah. So God is what we are a part of and what we're inside of the multiverse. The multiverse mm-hmm. is a structure within God created by God. Once you leave the multiverse and actual pure God or pure source, you will then reach a void and you'll experience other gods or the Elohim. Right. Those are the other gods. Once you actually go past that and you go into the core of where those things were created or how they were created, you actually go to this one ultimate thing that actually is everything. That is the absolute or the all there is. So let's give that a name. Just so uh, we, we won't confuse the two between God and that. We'll call that, I don't know, all there is maybe. or something. All there is. All that's there is. that's so, fine. Yes. So do you think that when people are having a near-death experience and they feel oneness with everything and, you know, they feel connected and feel part of God, are they connecting with God or are they connecting with all that is? They're connecting with God. They are a part of God. We come from God. We are an aspect mm-hmm. of God. We are a cell of God. Mm-hmm. And so what people experience through NDEs or through deep states of meditation or through even their own sort of advanced higher consciousness when they're comfortable working in that way, they've evolved enough to work in that way. What they're experiencing is more of what they really are. As I said, we're a fractal of God. So when you leave your body, you can experience God directly because there's no more conduit. You're no longer trying to do it through a suit, which only limits your consciousness and it's attuned to this local environment of the lower frequencies. So you meet God directly. You can meet God directly when you leave your body. You can meet God directly now. You don't have to wait until the end of your incarnation to do it. But Mm -hmm. People experience from my understanding and working with people that have had these things and what I'm able to see with my own higher consciousness, when people leave their body through an NDE or through what we call death, there is no death, but through what we call death, they can experience God directly because now you're getting closer and closer to where you come from and you're now more easily able to embrace the environment that you're in and the environment that you're in is actually God itself. So even though we are a very, very small part of God, wouldn't it be correct to say that we're also a very, very, very small part of all that is as well? A hundred percent. That's exactly right. Now, so if we think of, uh, I just want to think of an analogy, right? So um, we are a direct creation of our higher self and our higher self is a direct creation of our God. The other gods are direct creations of the absolute. Right. So there, there is a, I don't want to use the word separation because that's the wrong word, but we know when we create something and then one of our creations creates something, grandkids, right? Or something like that, right? So there, there is this level of continuity, but at the same time, we can say from our own human perspective, there's also a, a hierarchy and a level of separation to it. But ultimately everything is the all there is just there's been so many creations and then another creation and then another creation. It's kind of like um, not experiencing something directly. So we don't experience the absolute directly. That would, that would require a specific understanding of how to do things with your consciousness. You're going to experience what created you. First thing you would experience is your higher self. Then you're going to experience God. And if you're a part of God, there's only a very specific reason why you'd even start to venture outside of God, or even think that there's anything outside of where you actually come from. 
So that's why most people stop at self-realization. And then if they actually meet God through their own meditation, they think that is the end of that as well. But there are certain beings that, believe it or not, just keep coming back over and over again. You can call them masters or whatever words you want to use. They understand this because they experience this directly. And I'll even add one thing to that. It is my direct experience that the soul known as Paramahansa Yogananda, who left his body, I believe it was 1952. And for anyone who's not familiar with Paramahansa Yogananda, become familiar with Paramahansa Yogananda. That is an absolute master who could have taught anything, uh, who is most known for autobiography of a yogi. But what, what he really did was he brought Kriya Yoga to the West, like 1920s and 1930s. And he did, he, yeah, he left his body in 19, 1952. So Master Yogananda could have taught anything. He wound up teaching Kriyago because at the time, the base frequencies of humanity were so low that we had to go through the body and put the body through all these machinations and poses just to get ourselves centered and able to meditate. So Master Yogananda taught Kriya Yoga because that's exactly what humanity needed based upon the base frequencies in terms of how we were operating. Now, believe it or not, even though the world is uh, sort of seemingly insane, the base frequencies of humanity is higher. And so I can actually teach direct meditation, which is what I do, the instantaneous meditations and the magic tricks that I talk about in my first book, because we're able to work in this way because the base frequencies are higher. The point of Yogananda is that Yogananda is direct, absolute, or all there is. He is an uncreated creation. He is part of the absolute essence of existence itself. And anyone who's ever heard him speak or watched videos of him or read any of of his works, the power that emanated from Paramahansa Yogananda, now you actually understand really why. He is literally a part of the core existence of what is or the absolute. And he's one of the true gifts to humanity forever. Are you saying that he's from absolute, but incarnated into this reality? Yes. Now we're getting to where it's even more, from my perspective, where it gets even more interesting. So we have our God, everything here is God. And if you remember, I said with few exceptions. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, really few exceptions. So what are those exceptions? The Elohim. Hmm. Okay. So the Elohim are the other gods, the other true co-creators. And what they've done is that they have projected, if you will, pieces of themselves into each other's creation. So each one of the Elohim puts a piece of itself in each other God. So therefore they're experiencing all of those creations. They're assisting their coworkers, if you will. They're assisting their coworkers in their creations. And they're experiencing them simultaneously by having a piece of themselves in each one of those environments. And so those are the true exceptions. The Elohim and the pieces or the projections of them are what we could call the ascended masters or the old school ascended masters, the beings like Buddha, the beings like Christ, the beings like Merlin, uh, the beings like Paramahansa Yogananda, and more. I list them all in the course, by the way, at least as many as I can actually tangibly access. So those are the exceptions, and they're here to continually move this experiment, God's experiment of its own creation of humanity and everything else, to move it forward. By having these other, well, I guess we'll call them highly advanced beings, inside their experiment, aiding it, moving it forward, helping consciousness evolve by having pieces 
that are not germane to God, but are able, that are parts of the totality of the rest of existence. So if you think of the Elohim as like a pizza, that's a ridiculous analogy. But anyway, Mm -hmm. if you think of the Elohim as a pizza, each one of them is a different slice of the totality of everything. And so they project pieces of himself. And that's where we get these masters. That's where we get these beings that can do these extraordinary things. It's because they're not from here. They don't play by the same rules. And literally their consciousness is different and they're mesmerizing. They understand things that we don't understand. They're able to do things that seem absolutely extraordinary. It's where we get superheroes from. They're able to do things that are absolutely extraordinary. It's because they were literally made differently. And so there it's all part of this grand plan of the evolution of consciousness. And those are the beings that are keep showing up over and over again. And we call them ascended masters and they are part of projections of cells of the Elohim and pieces of them are here within our God, assisting our God with its creation and in the evolution of its own consciousness. Do you think Jesus is like Yogananda from source or do you think he was more like Buddha? Uh, It is my my understanding, my direct understanding that uh, Jesus is part of this grander uh, part of, part of the Elohim and that higher self, right? I mean, maybe I should back up a little bit. Each one of these Elohim projects a higher self within each one of these gods. And then that higher self projects souls or Mm -hmm. aspects. Right. And so all of the ascended masters that are here are what I call the old school ascended masters. And I list them all on the course are, are from these different gods, which is why they're so different. Their abilities transcend anything, their understandings, they seem to know things that no one else knows. They do. They're not from here. Their consciousness is different. So Christ, Buddha, uh, St. Germain, who was also Merlin, uh, El Moria, Melchizedek, there's a, whole, there's a whole bunch of ascended masters. None of them are actually from this God. And Paramahansa Yogananda uh, is not even from the Elohim. He's directly a projection directly of the absolute or the all there is. And you can even see his lineage with the, with the, the Hindu masters. He's part of that. So, I mean, it's not a coincidence. You can actually even see that, that he's a part of the, the lineage of the Hindu masters and the Hindu masters are from my understanding, the ones that still recorded that we still have access to of the stuff that I'm talking about. And hopefully some of the works that I do in this life will allow us to, um, access these things in a more understandable way <clears throat> through the through the books and courses that I teach, and then it'll give us the proper teachings and protocols to experience these exalted states of consciousness for ourselves. So then we know, and it is no longer a belief. I like how you use the word superhero, and do you think that subconsciously we're attracted to superheroes because we remember about these? beings from the Elohim. Yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah. Jeff, they, they represent our, our ultimate potential. They represent the fulfillment of our consciousness that is within us. A truly authentically self-realized God consciousness, a Elohim consciousness being is simply reflecting back your own self-realization. It's within us all. They, they were simply created to play those roles. So we could all see what it's like when you're fully connected to the source of all things, what we're able to do. So they simply make us remember our infinite potential. And that's, that's really the point of them. They, they come here 
they're an embodiment of that level of consciousness. And then to be around them, like literally, and all of us have, have spent lifetimes being around ascended masters, they keep incarnating. I know it, it, it's, it's not an acceptable belief system, and all belief systems are nonsense. It's not an acceptable belief system to, to work with the idea that ascended masters continually reincarnate over and over again. They do. They absolutely do. That is their role that they play. It's a more accepted belief system that people are channeling these ascended masters. Somehow that's accepted, but the idea that they would keep coming back is not. It's a very interesting belief system and why that's fostered. But without a doubt, these beings keep showing up over and over and over again. And it's because that's how they can be of service. They know where they are needed. And where they are needed are the is where you and I are right now. The lower frequencies, the only place disharmony, trauma, delusion, this is the, the lower frequencies of the physical, physical universe is the only place this can ever occur. Once you're in these higher frequencies, or what people call dimensions, but once you're in these higher frequencies, the environment is so holistic, and there's such a state of union and oneness. There's no such thing as trauma or delusion or violence or taking advantage of. It doesn't even exist there. So where does that exist? The lower frequencies of the physical universe. So hence, these masters continue to project themselves into this realm because this is where we need the help. Well, it's pretty mind blowing to think about that. Not only do we have our God and, you know, locally our everything, our existence is within from our God, but to think about other gods. And I mean, we could probably talk about that for another hour at least, but I feel we should move on to give people what they came for. And that is what does God want us to know? Oh, okay. Yeah. And that sounds so presumptuous that I'm going to share what God wants us to know. Right. So I can, I only share what I experienced directly. Okay. It is, it is, uh, it, it's a rare state of consciousness, but like I said, there's a history of these things and I'm just able to do it. I'm just one of those beings that does it. So what does God want, want us to know? I would say that the discord that we feel within ourselves is always in direct proportion to the love that we withhold from ourselves. If I could put it in one sentence, it's that. The pure, unconditional love that we were created from is what we really are. And because we suffer, it's because we're withholding our own love from ourselves and then therefore from each other. What God really wants, if God wanted anything, God wants to feel the emanation of love from all of its creations. The same love that God poured into us when God created us. It wants to feel that emanation of love from its creations. Because that really is our ultimate potential. That really is what we are at our core, is actually love. The summation of all wisdom is unconditional love. And God desperately wants us to understand that any discord that we feel is because we're withholding our own love from ourselves. And to understand that none of this is achieved through thinking. Love has nothing to do with thought. Love exists way before you even think. 
And one way that we can do this without extensive training, without years and years and years of meditation, without constant diligence, lifetime after lifetime after lifetime of dedicating oneself to your own higher mind and to God, here's one thing that we can all do right now to start to achieve exactly what it is that God wants for us. Love is to simply be how you want to feel and feel how you want to be. Be how you want to feel and feel how you want to be. Right now. And one thing we can take from that is when we be how we want to feel and we feel how we want to be, anger and hatred disappears from this planet. Instantly, Jeff. Without any training, mm-hmm. without any studying esoteric literature, we don't need that. This may be an odd question, but... <laughs> it's This whole thing's odd. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking about this while you are talking, is... You know, you may consider love to be an emotion or a feeling, but why is love so important? That, okay, that vibration or is the source point or wellspring of existence itself. So when we feel love, we actually are love. And when we feel it, we are in direct alignment with what we really are. And it, it, is the, it is the core essence of existence itself. It is the wellspring of being and non-being. It is that vibration. It is love itself that all life springs forth. And so we know ourselves in terms of our deepest nature when we're able to experience love directly. And that's really what all of this is about, is that is to feel directly what we actually really are, not what comes way after that, a body, thinking, emotions, bodily sensations, things that we make the the body animate and the experiences that we have. That is so far down the line. And we have lost ourselves in these things. We've created a character based out of those things when really what we are is literally this love, literally. I mean, every mystic and master kind of says the exact same thing. They just got their own flavor to it, but it's all the exact same teaching. This is just how I explain it. It's the same thing. At the core of existence, it is love. And this is what we're going to have to understand to work with. When we be how we want to feel and feel how we want to be, and by the way, I'm drawing a sideways infinity symbol, okay? Be how you want to feel and feel how you want to be. Look how simple that is. Look how, how automatically you can change your frequency and vibration. If we all do this, anger, hate, jealousy, it's gone. It's gone. And we don't need permission from anyone to be what we actually are. I'm just reminding us of this. But we don't need permission. We have to stop waiting for someone to give us permission. This is what we actually are. This is what God yearns for. This is it, love, the same love that God poured in 
in terms of our creation. God wants to feel that from its creations. It wants to feel that emanation of love. God is waiting for it. I promise you, waiting. This is what we really are. This is a suit. Forget this thing. This is a suit and the stuff it produces, thoughts, emotions, bodily sensations. No big deal. It's no big deal. Enjoy them. Use your body. I'm not saying shun your body. That's not what you are. Everyone is going to leave the body right here. All those beings I just mentioned, Buddha, Christ, Merlin, El Moria, Yogananda, did any one of them take their body with them? Not one. Not one. So why do we keep making such a big deal about it? That's how we separate ourselves. It's misidentification with form. What we really are, Jeff, has no name, no form, no image. We are an energy being inside this temporarily animating it. Once we start to work with the core of what we are, we'll see the core that's in you, in everyone else, and in everything else. And once you see yourself in others, what harm can you do? We have to understand this. Humanity is obsessed with the form factor, what it looks like. It's all God. It's all God. Why don't we just leave it at that? Let's all connect on what does connect us. What's inside us? If we, want to, if we want to ascend, Jeff, this is actually how you do it. You don't do it through your thinking mind. Your thinking mind is a low-frequency vibration. Not going anywhere. If all we do is think, analyze, and judge, and fragment, we don't ascend. All we do is tear apart what is eternally whole. Do you think that God created all of us energy beings at the same time, and we started on these lower frequencies that we're currently in and we're working our way back up to higher frequencies and we're just reincarnating over and over until we can get out of this frequency into a higher one. Okay. So what we are is our higher self. Okay. We're just a drop, a piece, two and a half percent. Okay. So none of us are actually this suit and none of us actually come from here. We reside from where we really are, which is we are part of our higher self, which resides. There's no way to compare where we are to where our higher self resides because our mind has no frame of reference. I can't even bother describing it. You have to experience it for yourself. So no one's from here at all. Okay. Now, the evolutionary cycle, as, as I understand it in terms of your question, the evolutionary cycle has to do with we must experience all of God's multiverse as part of our evolution, evolution of consciousness. Don't think of body in terms of the evolution of your consciousness. The lower frequencies of the physical universe is just sort of one floor on the high rise as an analogy, right? Now, the low frequencies of the physical universe or physical incarnation is a very unique experience because the energies are so slow and dense that we actually experience solidity. And then once we're inside of space-time, we experience space, which gives us the opportunity of uh, separation. So when we normally operate above space and time, there is no separation. The oneness is tangible. But down here, we actually experience the condition of separation through the idea of space, things being separated. Now, because it's all one thing, it's all God, everything is designed for us to come together. So this is just where it's most challenging. 
because it's the lowest frequencies. So this is where it's most challenging. We're going to experience all of God's multiverse. And by the way, that's what an ascended master has done. An ascended master has experienced all of God's multiverse, and it has realized itself in every single one of these environments. And then therefore, they're the grand avatar. And so they keep showing up to teach humanity about how to actually do that. So we choose to come here as part of our own evolution. But being in these frequencies can kind of trap us here, can't they? And as well as start pulling down our higher self into a lower level of where it could be. Yeah, so that, that's, yeah, that's right. So this is what we call karma. Okay, from my experience, karma is the addiction, attachment, addiction to anything low frequency. Now, that is, uh, let's go to my first silly analogy. So think of Spider-Man shooting his spider web, right? Okay. So whatever he shoots his spider web to, he's now stuck to that, right? Because the web is attached to him and now he's now attached to that. That's what karma is. So once you become addicted to something, you are now attached to it. You're not going anywhere. That's the trap. That is what karma is. That's what holds back the evolution of consciousness because where you're going, not very far if you're stuck. So when you become addicted, when anyone becomes addicted or attached to anything here, they, that is what karma is. And now the only way to undo karma is to, is to undo it where you got it. You can't undo your attachment up in the seventh full dimension when you're attached to the, the third frequency of the first full dimension. So it is through a a profound lack of self-awareness, through not having the proper teachings and education, and hopefully the books and stuff I talk about is, from my perspective, proper teachings and education about what we really are in our metaphysics, which would prevent getting stuck here. Once we start to understand what we really are and where we actually come from, we can start to operate in a way that is more conducive of what we really are, an immortal divine energy being. That's not from here. This is a vacation. This is a temporary experience. Believe it or not, it's playtime. Believe it or not. But when we misidentify ourself with something, with an experience, with a trauma, with our body, with a sensation, we actually glue ourselves here because the attachment is done with our energy. So the spider web, right, is actually our energy when we become addicted to something, to a person, to a place, to a thing, to a sensation to adrenaline rushes, to, to food, to sex, to you name it, addicted to anything. Some people are addicted to working out and they actually think, no, this is healthy. No, it's not. Addictions are not. Absolutely not. You get bound here. We always think it's always negative. It isn't. That's a trick of the mind. Anything that you're attached to becomes your prison. That's what karma is. And that's how we get stuck here. Now, part of how this game, if you will, is set up is... Things are made to be very enticing. And because we can't decode intention with our five senses and intellect, we often make uh, poor choices because we can't decode intention. And so, I don't know, soda looks all sparkly and bubbly and tastes great, right? It's poison. Absolutely poison. But, but, but from the five physical senses, it's great. This is what I mean, right? So when the higher mind starts to, be, starts to come online or flower, as Buddha would say, the lotus petals of the mind start to open, we're able to decode intention. Now, the, the uh, glass of soda might look nice, but intuitively you will know that's not good for you. And then therefore you won't partake. Now it's really impossible 
to start to develop karma. Now there's really no way to get stuck here. Now the evolution of consciousness is working with its greatest efficacy because now we're no longer stuck. We're not taking second grade over and over and over and over again as, as a way to say it, right? So all of these things are connected when we start to work with ourselves properly. Karma, Jeff, is getting stuck here. Now, it is very addictive to be here because the energies are so slow and dense. And it is addicting if we let ourselves get fully immersed in it, if we identify with it. And that's what really slows down the evolution of consciousness, our own and our higher selves and God and everything else is through the addiction of what we call karma. So we have to detach, realize the truth and operate in a way that is more befitting of what we really are, which is a supremely high frequency, divine energy being. Are there any other things that God wants known? Yes. All is choice. Okay, God loves us so unconditionally that it would never interfere with our own choices. Ever. So we, everything we choose to come here. I'll be more specific, okay? We choose the timeline, okay? Because where we reside from is above space-time, okay? So you can almost look down at it. There's no down or up, but you can almost look down at it, and you can see all these different timelines within space-time. So we choose the timeline that we want to incarnate into. We, we do. We choose it. We choose the frequency that we want to incarnate into. We're in the third, what people call the third dimension, but we're in the third frequency. We choose the timeline. We choose the frequency. We choose the form factor. We literally choose the body that we're going to incarnate into. No one's a victim of genetics. You see the whole thing holographically. You understand everything. You know exactly the, the predispositions that that body that you're going to temporarily slide into. You know the whole thing. Nothing is kept from you. When you're in this state, absolutely nothing. You have availability to everything. And we often avail ourselves of everything as we're making our life plan. We also choose, believe it or not, as a way to say it, we choose what team we're going to play for. You can think of the high frequency team or the low frequency team. We choose everything. And God does not interfere because God loves us so unconditionally. It would never want to impinge upon our own imagination in terms of our evolution. So God wants us to know that it's all choice. We can make any realm into whatever realm we want to make it, but we need these different teachings or understandings. We need these metaphysics to be able to do these things. And that's part of what God wants us to understand. God wants this known. God wants this done. It wants it here. So then we can either choose this or choose that. That's so we can choose because it's all choice. We're an immortal creator. But God wants this information, these metaphysics, the higher conscious, whatever word you want to use. I don't care. God wants it here. Literally. That way we can avail ourselves of a way of transcending our own suffering. And we can start to experience the love of what we really are. Now we can choose not to if you want. It's your choice. No one's keeping score. Literally no one's keeping score. God doesn't judge anybody. We do that to ourselves. God is unconditional love. There's no judgment in that. Now, we move up and down God's multiverse. The, the, the pass to go to the higher floors is your sentience. That's the, that's the door pass. How sentient you are as you go up, the sentience is required to operate in there. And that's really what we're doing. We're trying to deepen our love 
and wisdom. Subsets of love and wisdom are talents and abilities. Through these experiences, we're deepening our eternal reservoir of love and wisdom. And as we do that, that gives us access to more and more and more of God's multiverse. And ascended masters are ones that have mastered that whole thing. They're like the ultimate avatar, right? And they're a living example, an embodiment of, of, of what's inside all of us. They simply remind us. So that once we, God wants us to understand what is actually available to us. And you can see the stuff that I talk about is one aspect of what is available to us. But when we work with these teachings properly, not just, not just the teachings that come out of my mouth, but when, when we work with these teachings, there's a tangible difference in our life. There's a tangible difference in our mental body, emotional body, and physical body. There's a tangible difference in the quality of our life. This is actually how we evolve our sentience in the most efficient manner. It's not by getting stuck here. No one's really evolving their sentience by taking second grade over and over and over again, right? That's actually stagnation. Now, stagnation actually turns into degradation, right? So the only mandate is to know ourself and all our infinite potential. So what we, what we want to do is unstuck ourselves, so to speak, by using higher consciousness understandings to open up our own higher consciousness. And then we can operate in that way. As we move up in frequency, all of our abilities, as we move into what I would call the lower astral realm, our astral body is ignited in the sense that telekinesis, teleportation, all these things start to come back online when we're in a higher frequency and in a more holistic environment. This is all part of us, part of us. But right now we're operating in a low frequency way on these bottom floors we start using these understandings and dedicate ourselves to these understandings, we're going to start to move up in frequency. We're going to experience a better quality of life. We're going to shed the chains of karma and we're going to start to realize more and more of what we really are. Do you think at this point in time, God is letting us know all this stuff because there's too many people that are stuck here? Or if you go out throughout time, God's always been helping people or helping the stuck. Yeah, that's a great question. That's such a great question. Consciousness goes in cycles. Okay, forget time. Time, time is a total illusion. It doesn't really exist. Okay, thinking creates the illusion of time and the delusion of knowledge, thinking. So as consciousness is going through these cycles, you could think of a flower blooming and it's fully bloomed, then it starts to wilt and disappears and comes back again, that kind of thing, right? That's a better image or a better understanding. So based upon where the flower is, okay, and from my understanding, we are just starting to bloom, just starting to bloom. This is a, a very important moment in our evolution because we can really start to avail ourselves of higher consciousness teachings and completely change the quality of, of life on this realm or we can just pretend that none of this actually exists and that the only thing that matters is material gain, your body, stuff, and things, and having control. So God wants this information here so we can make a choice. Destiny is constantly being written, constantly. We now have options in terms of these teachers that are showing up here. I'm one of them, these teachers that are showing up here. So we can start to avail ourselves of these things. So it, it, so God wants this here now so we can choose what it is that we want to experience. Be how you want to feel, feel how you want to be. 
It's totally up to us. It's totally up to you. You, you don't need permission from anyone, from a politician, from any, I don't care who it is. You're a divine being, literally. It's time for us to live this way. It's up to us. No one's going to do it for us. We can't. We have to do it ourselves. Humanity is the individualized free will project. We get to evolve in our own way, in our own time. Each individual does. So it is up to you, everyone who's listening and watching. It's up to you. Create the life that you want. There's nothing holding you back except your own finite mind and your attachments to thinking thoughts and belief systems. Can you give us any practical tips to increase our sentience? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Do what you tangibly know to be true and expect no results. Can you define tangibly? Yes. Yeah. Let's deconstruct that statement, right? Because you're like, what What in the world does that mean? Okay. So when I say do what you tangibly know to be true, okay. Any mental knowledge is not tangible. Okay. That's memorization, right? Tangible is what you feel, what you know directly, directly. What you know directly, not what someone told you, not what you read in a book, not what you heard some guy on YouTube talking about. Do what you tangibly know to be true in your heart, what you know to be true, and then expect no results. This is how you are totally in alignment with your true self. And when the true self is completely online, that's how sentience accrues faster because you don't, you're not wearing a glove. Your ego mind identity is a barrier between you and everything that you're experiencing. That is the slowest way for the evolution of consciousness through the ego mind identity because it's a character that isn't really you and gets in the way. It's like if I said, hey, Jeff, check out this, this crystal that I got. Once you pick it up and you know, hold it and tell me what it feels like. But before you, before you pick it up, put on three pairs of gloves first. Right. I mean, how, the, how do you really get to know that crystal? And how do you really know yourself in relation to the crystal if you have three pairs of mittens on? You don't. Right. So we want to remove the barriers. How do we remove the barriers? Do what you tangibly know to be true in your heart. And then expect no results. OK, what, the, what does that mean? Yeah. Expect no results. Right. OK, because that was the next question. Right. OK, so <laughs> what, what, does, yeah, what does that mean? All right. Uh, without me, hopefully not rambling too much, Jeff. When we're looking for a result or expecting a result, we're taking ourselves out of the act of creation. Okay. We're actually separating ourselves from ourselves and we're going into what I would call the pattern subconscious egoic mind by looking for a result. Okay. We all know what it's like to be in the, what's it called? The flow state right? Meditative state, flow state. Everyone knows what that's like. Athletes certainly know. We know maybe like when we're dancing or creating something or whatever, gardening, we totally lose ourselves in what we're doing, right? We all know what this is like. And you know what goes right along with that? No thinking. No thinking. You are totally engulfed and engrossed in what you're doing. And what you're doing, you're in complete alignment with it. You are doing what you tangibly know to be true, and you're not expecting any result. And think about how that feels when you're in the flow state. This is, this is you being what you really are, an immortal creator being. That one teaching, Jeff, will stop so much angst and anxiety and depression over an outcome And it will allow us to enjoy the process of creativity 
It will allow us to enjoy the journey by doing what you tangibly know to be true and not expecting any results. It seems like the simplest thing in the world, but when we start to practice this, only say what you tangibly know to be true. Only do what you tangibly know to be true. Only act in a way that you tangibly know that is in complete accordance with the real you. This this is a fantastic understanding to start to apply because once the self is online directly, the sentience is accruing in the most efficient manner. We've removed the mittens, the gloves, the ego mind identity, the beliefs, the expectations, the ruminations, the wants, the desire. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Now you're experiencing yourself directly. You're experiencing what you're doing directly. There's union. There's complete unification. You are now one with it and it is one with you. That is how we evolve our consciousness with the greatest efficacy. Could you say another way is that you already know that the result you're looking for, you're going to get it so you don't have to expect it? Or are you saying that it doesn't matter what the results are? Yeah, that's another great question, Jeff. So we have become a result-oriented society, right? Everything is about the end result, but there's no quality of life in that. We're, we're, we're missing the forest for the trees when everything's about the result. What about the entire process of getting there? Let me give, let me give a crazy example. Okay. So let's say someone is very sick. Okay. And they are completely and utterly stressed out over their illness, whatever the illness is. I mean, you pick one, doesn't matter, right? They're completely and utterly besides themselves, stressed, can't sleep, right? And this is how they live for the next year or two or three years as they're suffering through this, through this experience, right? Total agony the whole time because they're freaking out of it. And then after two or three years or five years or 10 years, let, let's say the disease is gone. They just had a miserable two, three, four, five, 10 years. Yeah, but now I'm okay. You haven't been okay. Your entire quality of life was not there. Because all you were worried about was an end result. Am I going to get better? Am I going to die from this? Is it going to get worse? You missed your entire life with just worry, anxiety, and depression because we were obsessed about an end result. Your quality of life is your moment-to-moment existence. Your quality of life is everything, not the end result. The end result is almost meaningless. Almost meaningless. What's I forget who said it. Like, be a good passenger. Don't worry about the destination something along those lines. This is kind of what I mean. It is our moment to moment life. True spirituality should be applicable. And I should really say true metaphysics, but we'll say true spirituality. True spirituality should be applicable to your moment to moment life. And if it's not, it's worthless. It's absolutely worthless. And so the stuff that I talk about and uh, teach and offer up it has to do with your moment-to-moment existence, how to operate in, in a high-frequency way. Doing what you tangibly know to be true and expecting no results actually allows the results to manifest themselves because you never stop creating. If, we are, if, if we're driving to the store and we know how to get there, does it make any sense to stop, pull over halfway, and just look around and say, am I any closer now? Am I almost there? When am I going to get there? You've stopped getting any closer. You stopped. You stop the act of getting yourself there. You stop the act of creation. You now will no longer get any closer there, right? So the, the, the finite intellect that is bound by logic and linearity through thought doesn't operate in the way that I'm talking about. Your higher mind operates in the way that I'm talking about. Now, what we really are is our higher mind, our higher self. That's what we really are. 
the lower mind needs to be put in its place. It's a wonderful tool, but we're abusing it. It's like having a wrench and thinking you're going to build a house with a wrench. It's like, why are you so excited over a wrench? Your thinking mind is very limited. Your higher mind isn't. When we start to work in accordance with what we really are, our entire quality of life changes. And then so does this realm because a rising tide lifts all ships. So as we operate in a high frequency way, it affects everyone. It affects everything. And the teachings do what you tangibly know to be true and expect no results keeps you in a perpetual flow state. It's joy. It sounds like to me, it's like be and do in complete present time. And that's, and you get away from expecting the results. You just be, do and exist in present time. Well said, Jeff. Well said. So that's probably a much simpler way than all the stuff I just said. <laughs> it's exactly right. And another way we could say it, right? So the beingness, presence, being fully present, which means not da, 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 about whatever, fully present. The beingness is now online. Take your beingness, put it into your doingness. Beingness into your doingness. What else is there? Simple. It's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the rational thinking mind that gets in the way, which is just fear-based. That's what gets in the way. That's where we're worried about a result. Oh, I'm so worried. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Why don't you enjoy the ride? Set your intention. Have trust and faith. Bring all of your attention and energy into that direction and flow with what is happening. Eventually, you get to the store. Eventually, it manifests itself. But we have to be able to work with the higher mind and not let the lower consciousness or the finite mind dictate our quality of life. What's interesting is I've been studying something else. And one of the reasons, if not the main reason, why we are unhappy is because we're not meeting our expectations. And so again, that's coming back to taking your expectation of the results out of the equation. You, you, hundred percent, Jeff. What we suffer are our expectations. They really think about that statement for a second. If you're not expecting a certain outcome, you can actually enjoy yourself. Now, mm -hmm. people automatically associate. Well, then, how do I get anything done? That's mm -hmm. we're putting the apples with the oranges. We're mixing apples and oranges when we have that thought process. You get everything done through your intention. Just set your intention and then enjoy the process. Stay in the flow. And just like when you're cooking, gardening, creating, eventually, oh, it's ready. Oh, we're at the store. Oh, I've unparalyzed myself. Whatever it is, mm. stay in the flow of it. And then eventually your intention will manifest itself. By worrying about an outcome, you are disempowering yourself because all your energy is leaving from the present moment and going to something that doesn't actually exist. We're imagining scenarios that we actually don't want to manifest. That is the height of disempowerment. It's also how we create a reality that we don't really want for ourselves. And why is this occurring? We don't have dominion over the finite mind. We're letting the lower consciousness dictate our existence. And the, these simple understandings brings back the higher mind's dominion over this experience. And now the higher self is operating properly. We haven't let the little you conquer the big you, if that makes sense. We don't want to let the, 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 the subconscious patterned egoic mind dominate and take over from the love and the wisdom and the power of the higher mind and the higher self. I'm going to change gears here. You have a new course that's coming out called Self-Mastery, What Exists Beyond Enlightenment. 
So in this course, I believe you're teaching that there's so much more beyond enlightenment, kind of as we discussed earlier. Can you give us some examples of some of the things we are going to learn that's beyond enlightenment? Yes. Yes. Okay. So uh, there is an entire one-hour video, a webinar, where there's some of these teachings are in there, and then it also goes into what's going to be in the course. So anyone just go to my YouTube channel and click on self-mastery. What is this beyond the limit? It's a whole hour. And there's a whole bunch of amazing free stuff in there that I just talk about, just kind of like what you and I just did. So some of the things that we're going to understand, how I've labeled them or categorized them, we're going to learn something called the 12 eternal truths. Now, what, what is that? So the 12 eternal truths are always applicable. So in other words, they're not contextual. They're not based upon the 21st century or the 4th century or the 38th century. The 12 eternal truths are kind of like your spine. You put these things in your back pocket forever because they are eternally true. And from my perspective, what it is that I access, there's 12 of those things. And we're going to go over those things and how to apply them. There's also something called the, that I call, or I'm told to call, the 12 tenets of self-mastery. We know what not to do, right? We can, we can reference the 12 commandments, the 10 commandments if we want to, right? Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, right? Et cetera, et cetera, right? Most of us at this point, certainly the people that are watching our, our conversation, we know what not to do, right? Jeff, I am constantly asked, and I understand why, well, RJ, what should I do? How can I, how can I live in this, this higher state of consciousness that you talk about? That's what this course is. The 12 tenets of self-mastery and one of them, we talked about today, do what you tangibly know to be true and expect no results. This is how to have the higher consciousness, your higher self, actually leading the incarnation and taking precedence and dominion over the pattern subconscious egoic mind, which is what destroys our quality of life and limits us. So we're going to have the 12 eternal truths. We're going to have the 12 tenets of self-mastery. I'm going to be showing and explaining and guiding as we do it, how to experience these things and how to work with them on your day-to-day life. This is not about, hey, I need to go in my room and meditate and get my crystals uh, because I'm going to do the, the steps that RJ talked about. These are things that you, you live by. Like I said, true spirituality, true metaphysics, if they're not applicable in our moment-to-moment life, they're useless. They're absolutely useless. This is not for, oh, I got to go meditate. This is for all time, always. And the other thing that we're going to talk about, and I I touched upon it today, are the four levels of self-realization and meditations that will allow us to actually experience these things. And when we discover what is holding us back from experiencing these level of consciousness, we now know exactly what it is that we have to work on. So not only do we start to understand what is possible, we'll actually tangibly understand what limitation we've created for ourselves. Now, by understanding the limitation that we've created for ourselves, we now have the ability to overcome it. We must first know what's holding, holding us back to be able to overcome it. So that's also going to be experienced in this course. So the four levels of self-realization, I'll go into much more detail and meditations about how to experience it. Uh, human incarnations, not, not alien incarnations, human incarnations of souls that have experienced those four levels. I mentioned a few, but I'm going to be way more specific. The 12 eternal truths and the 12 tenets of self-mastery. And it's going to be taught live, which is really great. I'm excited. It takes a lot of my, a lot of energetic transmission, but that's okay. 
uh, it's four months, it's 16 weeks, 20 total classes starting uh, July 30th. And after each class, that entire class and all the materials will be downloaded into the app. So when you, when you buy the course, you're actually getting the app. And after every class, it goes into your phone. You have the whole thing 24-7, whenever you want, forever. So you'll have these teachings instead of endlessly distracting yourself on your phone. You'll now actually have the 12 tenets of self-mastery, the 12 eternal truths, and the four levels of self-realization and how to work with these things on your phone forever. There's one thing I want to ask you before we go here, and that is a lot of people talk about ascension and they say we're going from 3D to 5D. So in your opinion, what is 4D and why are we skipping that one? Okay. Um, as we talked about earlier, Jeff, uh, I experience energy exists frequently, not, not dimensionally. Dimensions house frequencies. Okay. So we're, we're not in the third dimension. We, we're experiencing a three-dimensional reality, but that's because the bottom three frequencies band together to give us sort of height, weight, and width. And we call that three, three dimensions, but it's the, it's the third frequency banding together as one. So we're in the third frequency. People call it the third dimension. That's fine. We're in the third frequency and people talk about going into the fifth dimension. Uh, it is my direct experience that the fourth frequency or what people call the fourth dimension absolutely exists. Uh, and we will be going into as when we work with ourselves properly is when we will be going into the fourth, the fourth full frequency. Now the fourth full, full frequency from my direct experience is the lower astral realm. And this is what I alluded to earlier, Jeff, our astral our higher mind, the abilities in terms of our astral consciousness would be telekinesis, teleportation, levitation, uh, doing more of the magic that I talk about. As we move into that, because the environment is a completely different frequency, fourth dimension, fourth frequency, we're able to start to utilize more aspects of ourself because the environment is conducive to that. So we're going to be moving. We're not skipping the fourth frequency We're going to, or fourth dimension. We're moving into the lower astral, which is the fourth. Fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh frequencies are what people call dimensions, are the astral realm. And many of our innate abilities will start to come back online as we go into the fourth full frequency. But we're not just going to be moving there as, as what most people describe the ascension to be. We're moving all the way to the fifth frequency. It, it will be up to us what it is that we experience. That. Now, this cycle, we talked about the flower, mm -hmm. right, blooming. Okay. That's going to take us way past the fourth, the fifth, sixth, seventh, all the way to the eighth. And once you start to get to the ninth, there's no, I'll use the word negative. It's not the right word, but there's no negativity whatsoever. And, that, and that's when we're going to be operating in a, almost a supreme state of consciousness, nothing that we can compare it to. So we're going to move all the way to, we've done this many times, over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're just starting that phase, but working with ourselves properly is the only way that we get there. We're either, going to, we're either going to realize the truth that we're an energy being capable of anything, or we're going to delude ourselves into thinking that we're, everything is material. And the only thing that matters is the production and consumption of physical goods. You can't ascend with those belief systems and mindset. So we have to start to work with those properly and we will go all the way, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. And there's no way to compare what that's like. It's so far beyond um, 
caveman to Star Trek. That doesn't even do it justice. Mm. The difference between where we are now and the fourth frequency is like the difference between being underwater and being on land. It's gigantic, gigantic. You're going to feel more and more like yourself when you operate more and more like what you really are. We don't get there by misassociating ourselves with form, thought, emotion, bodily sensation, and things. We, we experience these things when we work more and more with what is, with the truth. And as we work with the truth of ourselves and the truth of how things really are, we actually just naturally ascend. All right. You've got the course. Next year, you're going to have another book out. You've got anything else going on that you want us to know about? Well, the, the courses that I have that are available right now, the self-mastery course, I'm excited about it. It's going to be live. But the, the mobile app and online course that I created, Supercharged Self-Healing, about how I put my diseased, permanently paralyzed body back together, that is available for people. If you haven't gotten the book, please get the book. It's going to change everything for you. We have to learn how to heal ourselves. No one is going to do it for us. And we have to be able to help each other. We have to. So the online course uh, and mobile app, Supercharged Self-Healing, I also did a course called Master Your Mental Health. Because the real epidemic or pandemic that we're experiencing right now is a mental health crisis. That is the real pandemic. So if there's, if you, anyone who's watching is suffering from anxiety and depression, depression, this master your mental health will show you how to work with yourself properly in terms of metaphysics and the origination of anxiety, depression. You'll now understand metaphysically what is actually happening. And now once you know what is actually happening, there are exercises and protocols that take seconds that start to completely stop that process and put it in the other direction. So these are only available through my, through my website, ascendthefrequencies.com. Mm -hmm. So supercharged self-healing, master your mental health, the upcoming uh, Beyond Enlightenment, self-mastery, what exists beyond enlightenment. The first book is supercharged self-healing. And the next book that I still have to give revisions <laughs> visions to, to the publisher comes out next summer. And it's about how to deprogram your subconscious mind completely. And so that way we can be truly liberated and live like the divine beings that we really are. I saw on your YouTube channel that you answer people's questions. So if anybody has questions, should they ask them to you on your website and then you'll answer them in a YouTube video? Well, what I do is I have a couple of different, um, I have a video that comes out every Wednesday and I have a video that comes out every Saturday. Wednesday is what I call five minute mastery. And Saturday is what I call everyday enlightenment. Everyday enlightenment are based upon the questions that people send me. So if you send a question to me, email it, rj at ascendofrequencies.com. Send me that question. And if it's something that I feel would benefit everyone to understand, I'll literally do a video answering your question. So please send me your questions. I try to answer everybody's email. I'm certainly not going to sit here and say I do, but I actually do try. Um, the Wednesdays are uh, five-minute self-mastery. You can put comments in there, but if you really want me to answer a question, possibly through a video, send it to me at RJ to send the frequencies. And the last thing I want to say about my courses, any one of those courses, I have a nonprofit that I started, Human uh, Higher Consciousness, Human Advancement, excuse me, Human Advancement through Higher Consciousness is the name of my nonprofit. Anytime someone buys a course, I give out a scholarship. So avail yourself, 
invest in yourself through these higher consciousness teachings. And by you helping yourself, you're going to help me help somebody else who actually can't afford it. And this is really targeted towards younger people. The scholarships that have given out are towards younger people that literally have absolutely no financial resources, but they need the information. And so when you buy a course, I give out a scholarship. And the last thing I want to say about that, my last recipient, 20 years old, is in a car accident, permanently paralyzed from the waist down. He sent me a video three weeks ago of him lifting his leg. That's great. Okay. So I'll probably end up putting that on the website. So we are all capable of this. We haven't been educated properly. We don't know how to harness our higher mind and a body of energy. Once we start to do this, self-healing and self-realization is a memory for all of us. These teachings and these understandings are just going to rekindle what's already within you. So invest in yourself and allow me to give out scholarships to more and more people. And this, this is how we do it. RJ, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Sure. Everything that we were talking about today, ascension, moving into a, a, a higher state of consciousness, I'm going to let everyone in on a big secret. We already did it. It's already been done. The Akashic Records, for those that are familiar with the Akashic Records, is the history of humanity. Think, think about that statement. By the way, there's Akashic Records for animals, aliens, everything. But the Akashic Records is the history of humanity. So what that means is it's already been accomplished. It has. It's a success. What we are experiencing is going to be determined by what choices that we make. Are we going to go and experience the success kicking and screaming and making it as difficult as possible? Or are we going to do it in a way that liberates us? And as I said, a rising tide lifts all ships. We can either go kicking and screaming, or we can go, we can go with joy and love in our hearts and an open mind and actually enjoy the entire process as we leave all this nonsense behind. But the good news is it's already happened. From our perspective, we can't see that. The brain is attuned to one reality at a time, just like your radio. How many hundreds of songs is your radio playing right now? How many can you listen to at once, right? It's been done. It has been done. Now we're going to experience the moment-to-moment -moment creativity of what brought us there. That's what we're experiencing now, the moment-to-moment -moment choices and creativity that what brought us to our ultimate success. Have no fear at all. It's been done. Now let's enjoy the process and work with ourselves properly. RJ, thank you for that message and thank you again for coming back. I appreciate you and I wish you massive success in whatever you're doing. Oh, Jeff, it's my pleasure. I truly enjoy our conversations. Thank you so much for having me and we'll probably do it again. Yes. You said aliens and Akashic records. So that alone piqued my interest for our next talk. There you go. Sounds good. All right. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too, Jeff. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.